this is Ramblings of a Guy from Regina. I am your host, Luke Cannon, and this is going to be a really short episode. Basically, I wanted to get something out before Season 2 of Burden of Truth starts filming, and I'm dropped into a hole for 12 weeks. So, I brought 10 trivia questions about Star Trek and replicated a segment from Infinity Plus One with previous guest Kyle Rudge and two new guests, Noah Carson and Tiffany Socek, at the latest Geekdom House Live get-together. The segment was called Conundrum, where Jason would ask the co-host questions about a geek franchise or a comic book character. And they never did one for Star Trek, so I decided to fill that void. Just as a heads up, this was recorded on my iTouch, so the audio quality isn't pristine. But then again, when is it? And Tiffany's was recorded separately, so the questions are repeated and there's chatter in the background. But Tiffany had a great story related to one of the questions, so that's why it's in. And now, on with the show. We have returning guest Kyle Rush. Hello. And our first-time guest, Noah Carson. Hi. And we got to do this quickly before everyone else shows up and it gets too loud. So let's just jump right into it. These questions cover the entire Star Trek franchise from oh the original series all the way to Discovery. Does it include the animated series? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> the only one that I don't include is the Kelvin Timeline films, mainly because I couldn't oh. find a cool bit of trivia Fair for enough. those three films. But anyways, so starting off, question one. In Star Trek TOS, which of the three actresses that played Catwoman in Batman 66, that's the Adam West show, did not guest star? The emphasis is did not guest star. Is it A, Julie Newmar, B, Lee Merriweather, or C, Eartha Kitt? I'm going to say Eartha Kitt. Yeah, I'm actually thinking Eartha Kitt, too. You both are correct. Yeah. Well, because I knew the first one. What was her name? Julie Julie Newmar Newmar was absolutely in Star Trek. Yeah, it was uh, Friday's Child, and Lee Merriweather was in That Which Survives. By the way, Eartha Kitt, great Catwoman, very underrated. And also, a bonus point, name one other actor from Batman 66 that also appeared on TOS. Oh, Batman 66. I don't know anybody who was on the Batman. I'm done. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno? Did Hulk play in that, even though it's Marvel? No. <laughs> I want to say it was probably one of the villains, but I can't remember every villain's actor now. I know off the top of my head, Frank Gorshin, Burgess Meredith, and Cesar Romero. Was any of them on? Warmer. Ah. Ah, those are the only three I know off the top of my head. Okay. So, pass? No, no pass. bonus points. Pass. Frank Gorshin. Uh, what? Yeah, he I was... I said uh, Frank Gorshin. Yeah, you just uh, specify which okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. I would have also accepted Yvonne Craig. Two, in Star Trek The Animated Series, which original <laughs> cast member did not come back to reprise their role, but did end up writing one of the episodes? Is it A, James Duhon, B, Walter Koenig, or C, George Takei? Uh, I feel like I read this one on TV Tropes ages ago. Oh, man, I was hoping the writing thing was going to get me in there, but I think George Takei came back. I never saw the animated series, so I have no idea. It was one of Filmation's better productions. I'm going to eliminate George Takei. It's probably the answer, but I'm going to say B, and it is a pure guess. Noah? I'm going to say James Duhon. Kyle, you got it. <gasps> I win! <laughs> yes, Walter Koenig did not come back to reprise role, but he did write one of the episodes. And now, bonus point, name the episode that was submitted, which oh. ended up winning the first Emmy oh, for the Star geez. Trek franchise. Now you're asking me to remember exact episode titles. I'm, I'm done. I never saw the animated series. You're I gonna need no like idea. an episode list. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. Pass. Pass. Season two, episode. How sharper than a serpent's tooth. Oh, okay. Number three. In Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home, the role of Julian Taylor was originally written for which '80s era SNL cast member turned comedy star? Oh. Is it A. Eddie Murphy, B. Phil Hartman, C. Joe Piscopo? <laughs> I want to say Phil Hartman just because I love him and I want that to be true. I wonder if it was Eddie Murphy. I'm going to go with A. 
Kyle's got it again. Yeah. I thought Phil Hartman was the Roos because I wanted it to be two. <laughs> yeah, and Joe Piscopo's best he ever got for Star Trek was Outrageous Okona, a.k.a. Poor Man's Harry Mud. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Bonus points. Name the actor that Shaka Reed, the planet at the center of the galaxy behind the Great Barrier in Star Trek V The Final Frontier, was named after and who was the first choice to play Cybok. I'm starting to dread bonus questions. Shocker, 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 Khan. I don't know. Pass. I got nothing. I got nothing. Sean Connery. Oh, oh okay, that on. makes That's sense. so obvious now. Dang it. <laughs> it's too late. The damage is done. <laughs> All right, question four. In the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, The Dauphine, the shape-shifting bodyguard character, Anya, at one point takes the form of a teenage girl. She is played by which future actress from Twin Peaks? Is it A, Sherilyn Fenn, B, Lara Flynn Boyle, or C, Matchin Amick? This is bad. I've never seen Twin Peaks. Neither have I. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. I don't remember what she looked like as a teen. I remember the character you're talking about. I don't remember the shape-shifted teenager. Shoot. Uh, what were the three again? Sherilyn Fenn, Lara Flynn Boyle, Madichen Amick. I'm going to go with Madichen Amick. Heck, I'm going to take a wild guess. Lara Flynn Boyle. Cal's got it again. <laughs> See, this is why I win these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just no the thing done. is, I love doing character actor bingo, like when you're watching an old series and then all of a sudden this recognizable actor pops up as a minor character that's on for like 30 seconds or something like that. And I, when I watched that episode the first time, I was like, holy shit, that's Shelly Johnson from Twin Peaks, which both of you should watch it. it it's been on the list for a while. Yeah, see, I can do that with voice acting. Cartoon, so like I'm watching Gargoyles and I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. These are Star Trek voices. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't remember that. <laughs> I think everyone except Patrick Stewart did a voice on Gargoyles <laughs> yes. at some point. Which is a shame, because he would have been great on that show. Right. Oh, man. Especially in the... Anyway, um, bonus point. In the episode Family, what are the two rules Robert gives to Picard in regards to the bottle of wine at the end of the episode? I'm pretty sure one of the rules is when to drink it, and the other one's how to drink it? No. Who to drink it with? That might be it. Pass? Yeah. yeah. Don't drink it all at once, and if possible, don't drink it alone. Yeah, okay, so that was close. That was, close. I, I, it was on the same... <laughs> But yeah, go on. All right, next one. Five. In Star Trek First Contact, we are reintroduced to Zephram Cochran, the man who invented the warp drive and whose first test of it ended up establishing first contact with Vulcans. Which episode of TOS was he introduced in? Is it A, Metamorphosis, B, That Which Survives, C, The Way to Eden? B, That Which Survives. I think, yeah, B. Both of you are incorrect. It's A, Metamorphosis. Ah, I should have said the way to eat it. I love First Contact. That's one of my favorites. Bonus point. Who was the original actor picked to play Zephyrin Cochran but had to bow out due to a scheduling conflict? No no idea. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. I don't really know a whole lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. No, I have no idea. Tom Hanks. Really? Yes. Tom Hanks is a Star Trek fan. This was right when he was peaking, and and he was making his first movie, That Thing You Do, and so it was a scheduling conflict, so he had to bow out, so they went with James Cromwell instead, who already had experience in Trek. He showed up twice separately in TNG and once on DS9. But this was right after he won his Oscar for Babe. So at that point, he had gone from a journeyman character actor to not a box office drop, but at least a name actor. Yeah, gotcha. Something would be in there. 
Six. In Star Trek Deep Space Nine, what was the date of the Bell Riots as depicted in the past tense two-parter? Is it A, August 30th, 2024, B, April 5th, 2063, or C, September 2nd, 2085? I'm going to go with September 2nd, 2085. I'm going to go with the earliest one, the 2045. The A, the first one. Yeah. Kyle's got it again. That was the date of the Bell Riots. April 5th, 2063 is the day of first contact. And September 2nd, 2085 would be my 100th birthday. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay, well, happy 100th. Yes. (laughs) I'll mark it on my calendar and get you a present. Bonus point. Who on Star Trek Voyager was Casey Biggs, the actor who played Damar, married to at one point? Casey Biggs. Man, where's my wife when I need her? (laughs) She knows this stuff, not me. Married to? Okay, uh, okay, say, say here, Casey Biggs. The who actor was, who played Damar. Damar. Who she married to on point. Can I ask a question as a hint for both of us? Is it another person in the Star Trek universe? Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> well, that could be anyone. I wonder if she was married to Riker, but I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> Roxanne Dawson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't find out about this until recently as well, but yeah, if you look on some episodes of Voyager, she's credited as Roxanne Biggs Dawson, which it never occurred to me until I was reading up on her before oh. Breakthrough started, and then when I found out that she was married tomorrow, I was like, oh my god, holy shit. And I was a little bit nervous wearing my Star Trek DS9 shirt around her, because when they split, I don't know if it was like an amicable thing, or mm-hmm. if she's like pissed off so i don't know if she hates ds9 because of that or whatever but i chanced it and it wasn't that big deal yeah. anyways okay moving on this is my favorite question in the infamous episode of star trek voyager threshold what happens to tom paris when he goes past warp 10 a he turns into a lizard man kidnaps janeway takes her past warp 10 they turn into giant salamanders and have a bunch of salamander babies B. A genetic disease gets unlocked in his DNA and turns all the people onto the ship into different monsters. Or C. He makes contact with the prophets, finds out he's half-prophet on his mother's side, and is given the chance to join them in the Celestial Temple. You I'm, get to guess first. I'm going to go with A. Lizard, it is A. Lizard sex. A. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, I just want to acknowledge that, yeah, some stupid shit happens on Star Trek, and I figured it would be fun guessing which stupid shit happened. <laughs> yeah. All of those sound plausible, though. Yeah. Bonus point. What was Annika Hansen's favorite color as a child? Uh, green. Blue. Red. Ah! <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments in the whole series where at the end where she's like, Red, the girl you were talking about, her favorite color was red. Eight. In the Enterprise episode Carbon Creek, one of the Vulcans makes a reference to which 50 sitcom? Is it A, The Honeymooners, B, Leave it to Beaver, or C, I Love Lucy? I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy. Yeah. Correct. And bonus point, <laughs> Leave what, Beaver. That'd be funny. <laughs> what connection did Lucia Ball have with the original series? Uh, wasn't it aired on the same network as her show at the time? No. Oh. Uh, what connection? She, she was married to one of the writers of one of the episodes. <laughs> I have no idea. TOS was developed at Desilu, the production company created by Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. When the executive board passed on the project initially, Lucille Ball, as head of the company, vetoed Uh, that decision. So while Gene may have created Star Trek and DC Fontana, Gene L. Kuhn, and Robert Jessman helped to further develop and refine it, Lucille Ball is ultimately the one person responsible for Star Trek existing today. Right. So thank you, Lucy. She has no splaining to do for that. Yeah, no splaining to do. (laughs) 
Nine. In Star Trek Discovery, Paul Stamets makes a reference to which opera in the episode Into the Forest I Go? Is it A, La Bohème, B, Don Giovanni, or C, The Barber of Seville? The only opera I know is the one from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> C, Barber of Seville. Wrong. A, La Bohème. Really? And bonus point, how does that opera connect to Anthony Rapp? I have no idea. You need to be a theater geek to get this one. Anthony Rapp was one of the original cast members of Rent, which was based off of oh. La Bohème. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Rent was awesome. I knew of Rent, but I've never seen it, and I've been... Well, and I knew its connection it to Lab but I didn't know he was Because I've heard it's terrible. <laughs> and then, final question. In the Star Trek Discovery finale, Will You Take My Hand, what notable guest star from TOS shows up as an Orion? Is it A, Clint Howard, B, William Campbell, or C, Alicia Cook? Ryan Johnson? I'm going to go with Alicia Cook. A, Clint Howard. Dang it! We're William both wrong. Campbell and Alicia Cook are both dead. Ow. And bonus point... Not in my mind. What other Star Trek episode did Clint Howard show up in? Oh, I have no idea. I don't even know who Clint Howard is, to be honest with you. I don't watch the He's Ron Howard's brother. He shows up in, like, everything Ron Howard does. Oh, he's that weird-looking one. Yeah. (laughs) The answer is Past Tense Part 2 from Deep Space Nine. Gotcha. He was Baylock in the Corbin Mite Maneuver. So that's one of his iconic roles. And so when you see him again as going to run, it's like, oh, holy shit, Clint Howard. So I think I won. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to say Kyle won Yeah, I think so. No, Maybe maybe only by one, but I... (laughs) I think the bonus questions didn't be in. Man, those were hard. Those were good. Thank you. Actually, I was a little nervous about this because I have a lot of act-centric questions, and I figured some people would get that more easily than not, but I'm glad that this actually worked out. If this was Power Rangers trivia, I would have killed both of you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Awesome. All right. Peace. All right. We are here with Tiffany Sobchak, and here is Star Trek Conundrum. Question one. In Star Trek TOS, which of the three actresses that played Catwoman in Batman 66, that's the Adam West Batman series, did not guest star? That's the important thing. Did not guest star. Is it A, Julie Newmar, B, Lee Merriweather, or C, Eartha Kitt? It was Eartha Kitt. Correct. And bonus point, name one other actor from Batman 66 that also appeared on TOS. I know the episode. He was in the one where one had... Black on the left side, one had black on the right side, and the other side Let that be your last battlefield. Thank you, yes. But who was the warrior? Oh, I can't for the life of me. Pass? Pass. Frank Gorshin. Right. I would have also accepted Yvonne Craig. Two. In Star Trek The Animated Series, which original cast member did not come back to reprise their role, but did end up writing one of the episodes? Is it A, James Duhon, B, Walter Koenig, or C, George Takei? I believe it was Walter Koenig. (laughs) Correct. Bonus point, name the episode that was submitted, which ended up winning the first Emmy for the Star Trek franchise. Again, I haven't seen the animated series, so I couldn't tell you. How sharper than a serpent's tooth. Three, in Star Trek IV Voyage Home, the role of Jillian Taylor was originally written for which 80s-era SNL cast member turned comedy star? Is it A, Eddie Murphy, B, Phil Hartman, or C, Joe Piscopo? Was it the Nutty Professor, Eddie Murphy? Correct. And bonus point, name the actor that Shaka Ree, the planet at the center of the galaxy behind the Great Barrier in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, was named after and who was the first choice to play Cyborg. The great Sir Sean Connery. 
Correct. Four. In the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, The Dauphine, the shape-shifting bodyguard character Anya at one point takes the form of a teenage girl. She is played by which future actress from Twin Peaks? Is it A, Sherilyn Fenn, B, Lara Flynn Boyle, or C, Madchen Amick? I never saw Twin Peaks. I don't even know who's in it. I wouldn't know past. That would be Shelley Johnson herself, Madchen Amick. And that name means nothing to you. Nope. Okay. What else was she in? Uh, well, Twin Peaks is kind of her big claim to fame. Recently, she was in Riverdale. Okay, I don't watch that. Okay. Sorry, Zara. Okay, bonus point. In the episode Family, what are the two rules Roberta gives to Picard in regards to the bottle of wine at the end of the episode? Don't drink it all at once, and don't drink it alone. Try and enjoy it with someone special. Well, it wasn't that last part, but it was just, yeah, don't drink it all at once, and if possible, don't drink it alone. So. Five. In Star Trek First Contact, we are reintroduced to Zephram Cochran, the man who invented the warp drive, and whose first test of it ended up establishing first contact with the Vulcans. Which episode of TOS was he introduced in? Is it A, Metamorphosis, B, That Which Survives, or C, The Way to Eden? That Which Survives? Wrong. It is A, Metamorphosis. Bonus point. Who was the original actor picked to play Zephram Cochran, but had to bow out due to a scheduling conflict? Run, Forest, Run, Tom Hanks. Correct. Six. In Star Trek Deep Space Nine, what was the date of the Bell Riots as depicted in the past tense two-parter? Is it A, August 30th, 2024, B, April 5th, 2063, or C, September 2nd, 2085? Was it, it was August 30th. Thank you for reminding me of that part I didn't know. August 30th, 2024, that's the answer. April 5th, 2063 is the day of first contact. And C, September 2nd, 2085, that would be my 100th birthday. Wow. Yeah. That's a brain teaser. I like that one. Yeah. With the whole star date thing with the Trek franchise, very rarely do they give actual dates. Mm-hmm. So with the third one, I just made one up. And I figured that would be my 100 year birthday. One of the reasons I love Back to the Future Part 3 so much is the day that Marty goes back to the Old West is September 2nd, 1885, which would be exactly 100 years before I was born. Seven. In the infamous episode of Star Trek Voyager Threshold, what happens to Tom Paris when he goes past Warp 10? I know you know the answer to this, but let me just... Every time I hear this, I think of a story connected to this. All right, but uh, let's just save this. A. He turns into a lizard man, kidnaps Janeway, takes her past Warp 10, they turn into giant salamanders, and have a bunch of salamander babies. B. A genetic disease gets unlocked in his DNA and turns all the people onto the ship into different monsters. C. He makes contact with the prophets, finds out he's half-prophet on his mother's side, and is given the chance to join them in the Celestial Temple. I don't know who B happened to. C to Kirk. And... No, that was, uh, see you as, uh, Cisco. Pardon me, Cisco, right? And it has to be A. Correct. And that made me laugh because Central Canada Comic Con 2013 in Winnipeg, I met Robert Duncan McNeil and asked him if the line from Captain Janeway, Kate Mulgrew, was... Ad-libbed when she said, I could have been the aggressor. Don't worry about it. He stopped dead. He could not say anything, and they had to call a recess to the panel. (laughs) 
I'm guessing he blocked the memory of that episode, which wouldn't surprise me because I think everyone did. <laughs> Perhaps. And bonus point for Voyager, what was Annika Hansen's favorite color as a child? Red. Correct again. Eight. In the Enterprise episode Carbon Creek, one of the Vulcans makes a reference to which 50s sitcom? A, The Honeymooners, B, Leave it to Beaver, or C, I Love Lucy? Because I Love Lucy. And bonus point, what connection did Lucille Ball have with the original series? The only time in their professional relationship she overrode her husband, Desi Arnaz, to purchase the rights to the show. Well, it was uh, the executive board that voted to pass on the Star Trek pilot, but she, as head of the company, vetoed that decision. So, yeah. Yeah, so the basi- only time she and Desi Arnaz were on opposite sides in their professional relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah, so basically Lucy Oval is the reason we have Star Trek today. Nine. In Star Trek Discovery, Paul Stamets makes a reference to which opera in the episode Into the Forest I Go? Is it A, La Boheme, B, Don Giovanni, or C, The Barber of Seville? He was in the movie adaptation. I can't remember which movie adaptation. Which... He was in Rent, but I cannot remember... Which production that was a movie adaptation? Pass? Pass. La Boheme. And you kind of answered my bonus question already. How does that opera connect to Anthony Rapp? Anthony Rapp was in the original production of Rent, which was based off of La Boheme. And then 10, in the Star Trek Discovery finale, Will You Take My Hand, what notable guest star from TOS shows up as an Orion? Is it A, Clint Howard, B, William Campbell, or C, Alicia Cook? Clint Howard? Correct. And bonus point, what other Star Trek episode did Clint Howard show up in? Okay, that one I do not know. He was in the second part of the past tense two-parter in Deep Space Nine. Well, Tiffany, thank you very much for taking part in Star Trek Conundrum!